How are you doing? You sure it'll work? Oh, don't worry, Commander. I think we're on the right track so far. Oh, hello, everyone, and welcome to the 100th installment of the Randomizer. That's right, forget all that Pod 100 stuff from last week. This is going to be a proper anniversary special. Uh, see, for one week only, I've even replaced Marina with her Madame Tussauds waxwork. Hmm. Anyway, we're here today on Moonbase Alpha for a very special experiment. Cardo, will you help us set up the experiment? Naturally. That's right, we are going to connect my brain directly to the randomizer in order to make the selection. Now, obviously this is absurdly dangerous, but thankfully we had a willing volunteer ready to test the procedure before we try it out on me. Dr. Russell will fill you in on the medical background. That's right, thank you, Commander. He underwent an operation to implant a complex of fiber sensors in the cortex of his brain. And then we connected his brain directly to the randomizer just a few moments ago. So, Eric, how are you doing? Uh... Eric? Eric? Hello? Astronaut Eric Sparkman, deceased. Damn it. When will they ever learn? Well, that's no good. What went wrong, Helena? I don't know. There was very little brain tissue left to examine. Most of it had... melted. Well, this is certainly a setback, but I still think we should push ahead. After all, I've sat through more torchy than is probably healthy, and it didn't melt my brain too much, tingling bird. Medically, I was opposed to the experiment. Well, then why'd you let it go ahead? Your case converted me. Oh, don't tell me. I am your favourite part of the Jerry Anderson podcast. I hear that all the time, you know. Yours was the undeniable success story. Oh, darling, you flatter me. Keep it up. All set. All set. Right, that's it. Plug me in. And here we go. Of course, the idea is to let my brain guide the machine into making a selection. Now, there's a lot of random stuff floating around my head. I think if we can sift past that and maybe find something good, I... Oh, yes, I... maybe there's something there. It's an increase in brain activity. What's that coming up now? A number. Yes, I'm thinking of a number. What is it? 90. Oh. Ooh. Hold that. Yes, I like the sound of that. It's got a nice beat to it, hasn't it? It's beautiful. Yes, it is. And I'm seeing some letters now as well. C, U. Oh no, those aren't letters, those are words, I think. Yes, that's it, we've done it. Looks that way. We've only landed on my favorite episode of one of my favorite Anderson shows. Yes, that's right, for the 100th randomizer, here comes Joe 90 with See You Down There. Well now, uh, I would have to say the last ten episodes of The Randomizer, with the exception of uh, the Cham Cham, bearing in mind the fact that I can't really remember yesterday at this point, never, never mind uh, ten weeks ago. All I need is a little. Most of the recent Randomizer selections have, haven't been, uh, haven't set the world alight. Let's say that. And uh, years. Look, Harris, I haven't all day. We've had. The worst Jerry Anderson episode of all time, and now we have I expanded on my favourite episode of Company, a, a favourite series of mine. See you down there. I have always loved this episode. One day you'll realise that you just can't trample on people. You'll learn. You know the way out. Goodbye, Harris. And what's so impressive about this episode is it demonstrates the fact that by this time, this is one of the last episodes of. Joe 90 to be produced. The um, Century 21 had kind of realised that 
you know, high-tech jets and explosions are all very nice, but we don't need them to tell an entertaining story. Oh, it's you. They're just going into the boardroom. Make sure no one disturbs them. Orders from Mr. Clayton. Right. With memorable characters. No one will get past me. So we're at the uh, Clayton Enterprises building, this big uh, conglomerate headed by uh, Colonel White in his uh, dark hair again. Joe has snuck past the doorman. And a rare attempt there to make the uh, the Robert Mitchum modelled guest puppet walk. Um, it didn't quite come off right. Shut! Don't shout, man. Try to remember you've left the army. We're going in, Molyneux. I'll bring my car to the front entrance in half an hour. Yes, Mr. Clayton. And there's Joe reading an issue of TV21 with Captain Scarlet on the front, which is a lovely touch. He's in the boardroom. Clayton. Where these businessmen are having their meeting. What are you doing in here, boy? I didn't feel well, sir. I just came in here to sit down for a minute. I see. You better wait in the anteroom. Yes, sir. Well, let's get down to business. Now, you'll see from the figures on page three that the present market price is 23 and 8. Within a week, I estimate this will have dropped to 11 and 4. Then, when the shares fall to rock bottom, they step in and buy them up. There could be up to 30 different companies involved. And, and again, this is a, a, a slight gamble on the part of... Uh, this is a Tony Barwick-penned episode, by the way, as is, as is made absolutely clear later on. Um, You're the expert, so I suppose you understand it all. But to a layman, it sounds like out-and-out -out fraud. Legalised fraud. Yeah, talking about fraud and shares and, and big business in a, a kid's puppet show. Touch him. You mean to tell me Clayton can get away with it? Mac, he's done it before. And as far as I can see, he'll do it again. One of the companies he has on the hook this time is Leto Machine Tools. Leto Tools? That's owned by a guy called Harris. He manufactures specialised components of national importance. Even WIN use him on special occasions. That's right. Components of national importance. See, it is serious. It is very serious. But if he's inside the law, how do we do that? Well, I think I've got it. This is a unique situation, and we'll have to resort to unorthodox methods. But maybe the joke will be on Clayton. Here's how we do it. Come in. Who are you? Professor McLean, BSc, PhD, Fellow of the Royal Institute. I'm the new tea boy. Hmm. Now, I, I may go quiet for extended periods of this because I, as I said, I absolutely love this episode. He's dead. Well, it was quite amusing. I waited till he'd finished his tea, and then I told him. Very casually, I said, By the way, Mr. Clayton, the tea you have just drunk contained a drug, perfectly harmless, physically, but it will induce hallucinations until an antidote is administered. Did he believe you? Of course not. He was absolutely furious. I then said, unless he called off his next fraudulent takeover and paid back all the people he'd cheated in the past, the drug would be allowed to take effect. What happened then, Dad? He had me thrown out by the commissioner. I told you. It's such a simple idea. But it lends itself so well to little comedy moments like this, and and, and especially deception. With a show that I feel has its tongue firmly in its cheek a lot of the time, anyway. Look at the time. Off you go, Joe. You've got to be up early tomorrow. That's when the fun will begin. But it also demonstrates how far the the Super Mario Nation show's sense of humour had developed 
from the days of Supercar, even up to, to Thunderbirds, really, we don't get those um, moments that I always found very, very annoying in these shows of ending the series, ending an episode with everybody laughing and the music going wah, wah, wah. This is a bit more, I wouldn't say sophisticated, but it's, it's far more subtle than that. Which is probably why I find this possibly one of the funniest Jerry Anderson episodes of all time, but it isn't conventionally funny. It's just, oh, I adore this episode because I adore this series. <sighs> Clayton's nice house. Looks to be early morning. He's got a very nice place here, big piano, lots of lovely chairs and furnitures. And you do, if you watch these shows long enough, you do start to recognise that sofa and that grandfather clock and, and those curtains from uh, all the other sort of uh, nice stately homes and drawing rooms and such that, uh, that the Anderson shows offered and um, here we are in uh, Ralph Clayton as played by Colonel White's bedroom he's having a nice little nap what could possibly go wrong well there could be a little boy playing a trumpet what's the meaning of this are you completely mad yep I'd like to talk to you clear off and that's what makes this episode work everybody is mad a little of the trumpet voluntary Joe my pleasure. Because I don't remember an Anderson episode where our heroes are decide to annoy somebody into submission. Round one to us, I think, Joe. Which is what makes this so so memorable and so exceptional to me. It's just so weird. Good morning, Mr. Clayton. Are you raving mad? We came to see if you've changed your mind. Wait a minute. Aren't you the boy who was in the boardroom? It's you playing the trumpet. It sure is. You dig? <laughs> if anything like this happens again, I will have no hesitation in putting the whole matter in the hands of the police. And if you take my advice, you'll go and see a psychiatrist. Crazy. See you down there, Mr. Clayton. Get off my... And in that moment, we get one of the... Uh, see you down there. What is clearly an inspiration, a major inspiration for this episode, is The Prisoner. Um, with the the expression "see you down there," and they're even making the the be seeing you hand gesture. Police to cooperate. What did you tell them, Mister Weston? The truth, Joe. W I N R investigating Clayton. Which makes this a rather their eye on him for some time. It's rare to see an Anderson episode directly influenced by something from a non-Anderson series, but this episode is is I've always felt very strongly is a. A combination of the prisoner and a Christmas carol. And get in on the fun. See you down there. <laughs> and it also helps that the characters are having so much fun doing all this. You want five foot gates fitted to your drive with electronic locks operated from the house. Right. And I want it done today. Yes, sir. Uh, Molyneux here is also another lovely character. Particular reason? Don't ask questions, man. I don't care what it costs. As we know he used to be a soldier. He's so dedicated and loyal. Weston, oh. C&C, World Intelligence, London. 
Mr. Weston, from World Intelligence. I, I don't understand. I'm the new T-Boy. <laughs> Can we get T-shirts with that on? You too, Molyneux! Can we get... Down there... Clayton? Oh, please, can we get some See You Down There or I'm the New T-Boy t-shirts? That, they would be just wonderful. <sighs> anyway, Joe is now being brained up once again. Who's he going to have on his mind this time? We had the trumpet player. Who will it be now? Anyway, we're back at Clayton's place. It's night time again. He's in his, uh, in his bedroom. What time is it? Ooh, it's either... Four o'clock or twenty past midnight, and I can't tell because the ha hands on the clock look to be the same length. And those new gates fitted to the front of the house—they don't stop a jet air car from just uh, gently leaping over. Max now fiddling with the electrics. Now, a doorbell. Let's see. I think if I just. Oh, the puppet's tapping his chin thoughtfully with a screwdriver. Yeah, that should do it. Ah, the chimes of Big Ben. Because we need more prisoner imagery in this. Even better than I anticipated. Okay, Mac. I'll go and see how strong his nerves are. So now Joe is rapping at the window little jetpack and I have to say as much as I love the HD transfer sometimes the miniature figures in the model sequences do not look very good and uh, this little figure of Joe is particularly naff. Hello Clayton interesting chimes you have there that car how did you drive it past the gates car? What car? Clear off you lunatic! This must have been so much fun to perform as well just for one week only all your characters have to be completely mad it's brilliant Who's that? I realise this this episode may not be to everybody's taste. I know this series is not to everybody's tastes. Who is it? But I have always loved this one. And I don't know if it's just because it's so atypical or because I just find it so funny. Not in, like, laugh riot comedy funny, but just sort of strange and surreal funny. Ooh. Bedroom windows are being blown open. Pulled open by Joe. Who's there? It's a boy on a jetpack. See you down there, Mr. Clayton. I also like as well that they chose the Colonel White puppet to play Clayton. Because he does have a he does have a sternness, but I I, I think all this happened. The fact that he looks that's right. And you say the boy then flew out the window. Yeah, it's the same one who played the trumpet. <laughs> what do you look at me like that for? Well, just how could you flow? It is. It, it does also remind you of the, the sillier moments of Colonel White, where he was absolutely barking mad and yelling at people for the police, sir, treating his desk like a rest centre and various things. Boy and his lunatic father. Well, uh, we'll leave you. Because even though his hair is is dark now rather than white, you do look at him and think it's Colonel White. It's always Colonel White. Sam Luver, River Police. Do a lot of work on the water, undercover, under stones, underpaid. Understand you're in trouble. I, I, I don't <sighs> believe it. Can I get you a drink of water? I'm in my happy place. I'm in my happy place with this episode. Listen. 
Oh, there it is again. Now, sir. Sir. One thing I don't understand with this episode, though, is, um... Why, I never felt better in my life. You're fired. Fired, do you hear? How Molyneux didn't hear the trumpet playing then? Uh, they, they could easily have snuck in a, a quick line to say, um... Yeah, we knew he was in the army because Clayton said that earlier. It would have been so easy to sneak in a line where he said, you know, there was a... I, I can't hear much these days because a, a bomb or something went off near my ear and, and damaged my hearing. But it almost, for that one moment, makes it look like um, Molyneux is in on the plot. And there's nothing in the rest of the episode to suggest that he is. It, it's the four, four wind lads working alone. Anyway, they've brained Joe up again. Who's he going to be this time? The brain pattern of the world's leading mimic. Ah. Shall I try it, Dad? Yes, Joe. I think... <clears throat> I think you've done a marvellous job, Sam. Hey, that was great. You've got Max's voice exactly, Joe. And I don't know what to what extent a child could mimic an adult's voice. Don't know what day it is. That's right. <clears throat> now we can really work on Clayton. But again, it's puppets, so it doesn't matter. The voice is perfectly synced to the lip movements anyway. Is that you, Stuart? <clears throat> is that you, Stuart? That's it, Joe. <laughs> so it doesn't matter that this is absolute absurdity. Oh, it's ringing. Is that you, Stuart? Come over to my home and meet. Joe hasn't got the phone. And listen, wear fancy dress. Up to his ear. That's what I said, fancy dress. Don't argue, just do it. And tell Evans to do the same. Yes, it's a party. Stuart. If you two want to remain members of the board, you better get over here, fast. Great, Joe. Just great. I also love that a world security organization is dedicated to just wasting time like this now. What are you two trying to do? Well, you called me on the telephone. I know. Uh, so Evans is dressed as a cowboy and Stuart is dressed as a um, court jester. Come on, come on. Who's behind all this? I think we'd better leave. Fancy dress. Trying to make me think I'm seeing things, eh? Hallucinations, eh? Who's that? And as strange as it must seem for them to have to do this... We phoned for a doctor. Go they're still the ones who made the choice of costume. Who's sick, eh? You're not saying I'm sick. Take it easy, I think... And here's a slightly different look for the Colonel White Puppet. He suddenly looks very panic-stricken. The eyes are completely different to normal. I'm not sure... You? If that's a... I checked on you. A, 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 you are C-N-C-W-I-N. That's right. <laughs> Shane Weston is now here as a doctor, by the way. I am. Um, How long has he been? Yeah, I would love to know what the origins of that scared Colonel White puppet head are. Then get out, all of you. If it's a modified smiling head or angry head from from the Captain Scarlet days. Say six a.m. tomorrow. <laughs> See you down there. Get out. Get out. Get out. Get out. So Clayton has now lost Molyneux, um, Evans. And Stuart. He's now very much alone. If this works, Mac, it'll be a clincher. But the wing gang still aren't done with him yet. Damn. Shane Weston managed... Again, you know, there could be some, you know, huge international spy disaster unfolding at this very moment, and the head of the World Intelligence Network is, is playing practical jokes. Ready to start transmission in 30 seconds. But who cares? This end, Professor. Ready, Joe? Ready. <clears throat> this is... This is Ralph Clayton. This is Ralph So Shane and Joe are back at the cottage in a makeshift television studio. I noticed the TV camera they've got there has Win TV printed on the side of it. I've never noticed that before. The river reaches through... I've, never, I've seen this episode so many times I've never noticed that. Anyway, 
Ralph Clayton is now at home trying to relax, watching TV. And here come Mac and Sam to ruin his evening. One world may wander like a cloud or veils and hills in this blessed land. We interrupt this program for a special telecast. Tonight, we are privileged to have Ralph Clayton of Clayton Enterprises in the studio. No. Ralph Clayton. Good evening. No. So this is Joe pretending to be Clayton being beamed directly onto Clayton's TV. Submission. And uh, still stay inside the law. Such a, 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 a clever idea. We don't need to spend too much time with it. See you down there, uh, Mr. Clayton. But all of this has clearly had a, an impact on Clayton. He's having nightmares about it all now. World I realise this may not come across on audio very well. I don't know to what extent people who've never seen this episode are following the plot of this. World intelligence. Do a lot of work underwater, undercover, under stones, underpaid. Understand, you're in trouble. Ralph Clayton. But I, I do genuinely appreciate how well this one does a comedy episode with a slightly serious vein without going too much for the laughs. Anyway... Clayton now can't sleep. It's what, quarter to six in the morning now. Have you got the documents, Joe? Yes, Dad. Everything's ready. Uncle Sam telephoned Clayton. He knows we're coming. Oh, Clayton looks so... It's open. ...so small in his big house and so alone. Good morning, Mr. Clayton. All right. The antidote. How much do you want for it? Not a penny. Just a signature. My son Joe has the documents in question. I presume you have a pen. But this is too much. It says here. It says you will pay back all the money you have made by your smart tricks. I won't do it. <coughs> I think you ought to, Mr. Clayton. <laughs> Molyneux. See you down there, Clayton. Oh, dear. Wait. Uh, they're being so cruel to this guy, it's wonderful. He's for all the little men you've crushed. Because in a way it's only what he's brought on himself through through all his dodgy business dealings and... Uh, Fine. All right. Utter lack of pity or sympathy for all the uh, the people whose businesses he's ruined over the years. All your hallucinations. Here comes the cure. They look like jelly babies. Yes, they do, don't they? That's it. Take one. That's it. And that is, um, again, an odd um, foreshadowing of another uh, British cult TV character who also liked jelly babies. Healthy mind, healthy body. There was no drug, and there was a logical explanation for everything that happened. You think about it, Clayton. So Clayton has now vowed to pay back all his debts. He's got a bag of jelly babies, but he's also got a new outlook on life. Is anything wrong, Mr. Clayton? No, Jim. It's just good to see you back. Well, thank you, sir. I think we might think about a rise for you, Jim. Yay! Molyneux's getting a raise. Thank you, sir. Ah, Stuart. How are we this morning? Uh, Fine, uh, as yet. (laughs) I love that. Have a jelly baby. I love that, because even though Stuart is such a minor character in this episode, it's clear that he has been... Yes, it took a young boy and a jelly baby. He has been going... He's been put through the ringer in this episode as well by watching his boss... Work to do. Honest work. ...mentally deteriorating before his eyes. But that's not going to be a problem anymore, 
Clayton has been fixed of all his uh, his bad business ethics, and uh, as we leave the city of London, we leave my favourite episode of Joe 90, and that is an episode that if you are on the fence about this series, I would urge you to give a look. Uh, I know for a fact that I have converted more than one person into a Joe 90 fan as a result of saying, just, just watch this one episode. It is completely at odds with the rest of the series and what you would expect a Jerry Anderson show to be, but at the same time, it is just hugely entertaining. You know, on its own merits, it is... It is a kind... It, it, I suppose it does kind of point the way towards the... Um, the humour that would begin to creep in with the Secret Service, um, which I would say probably took this kind of humour to extremes. Here, it is perfectly balanced between a, a lovely, simple little story with a, a nice moral core that has this this hugely surreal element behind it. That actually, as Max said, there is um, you know there was a perfectly logical explanation for everything that happened, and that was absolutely right. So please go and watch this one if you haven't seen it. Always one of my favourites. Love this episode. Love Joe 90. Happy 100 to the randomizer.